for joining me for this edition of the KTH 9:10 a.m. interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. My name is Dave Palmer. Diane Xavier is running the board and talk often about the eclecticism of this program. It's one of the things that I love about it is that uh, right when I think that I have covered all the, the topics that I can, uh, something comes along that is really unique and interesting. And I do want to thank my dear friend, Father James Yamuchi from the Holy Trinity Seminary for emailing me recently and suggesting that I do an interview about Grace Hill Farms Texas and his friends Tracy and Clay Bechtel, uh, who have uh, worshipped at uh, St. Martin of Tours in Forney for the last five years. That's where they knew him because uh, Father James, up until recently, was the pastor there for a while. And so I don't know much about what this whole Grace Hill Farms is all about, but uh, that's why I brought Tracy and Clay in and they joined me in studio to explain what they are up to. And by the way, GraceHillFarmsTX.com is the website. So welcome to both of you. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Dave. Thanks All for right, us. so a little bit of background about the two of you. I know you've uh, you've together have uh, five children, ranging from twenties and thirties, so older children, one grandchild, one grandchild, and yes. like I said, from the Forney area. And uh, you have started uh, what five years ago this Grace Hill Farm. So. Uh, just let me start off and just say, what is it? <laughs> Do you want to explain that, Tracy? What is Grace Hill Farms, Texas? Well, Grace Hill Farms, Texas is our own personal farm. We um, are located just a little east of Dallas. And, you know, it's really been a journey of developing Grace Hill Farms mm-hmm. and what it is. And we're, we're really in the, in the world of farming. We're in its infancy. Yeah. We, um, you know, it's it's been a, a really cool journey of development and learning and trials and errors and and such. But I think I think the Holy Spirit has finally revealed what our plan is. All right, twenty acres and clay. When we say farming, what are we talking about? Are you growing corn? You got pigs and sheep and lambs and chicken or what exactly do you have on these acres? Well, I, th- I think we've tried almost everything um, over the last five years and um, really trying to decide what our what God's purpose for our farm is to be. We knew yeah. when we when we moved there, there was something special about it. Um, when you're there, you just have this sense of peace and calm yeah. that overcomes you. So we knew that we knew God had a purpose for it. We just never knew exactly what that was. So we, we've been patiently waiting over the last five years um, to have him reveal that to us. So we've, we've continued. We've, you know, we've done planting. We've tried to grow corn. We've uh, you know, gardened a lot on it. We have chickens and ducks. And we even at one point had a adopted pig out there as well for a while. So, um, so yeah. it's, it's been a journey. And um, I think now we're finally – um, we're at a point that we kind of know our purpose, mm-hmm. and that's what we're kind of stepping out to yeah. now with Grace Hill Farms. Now, I know, Tracy, you said you're from Iowa, I and am. you're from, Clay, you're from Dallas. Cool. Uh, City Slicker, I mean, is this like really off the charts for being doing something like this and nothing you experienced growing up, or is this, you know, yeah, okay, I've been on farms before. How How unique is this to your life experience? Well, I would say just from, you know, as a child, as a young young person, I worked on the corn fields. Mm-hmm. I, I worked I, for probably eight years. I detasseled corn. And that was something that we all did at, for summer jobs. 
and it, it was hard work and you know hot and bugs and you know we didn't have big sunscreen at that time you know so we mm-hmm. were sunburned and it, it it was it was hard work yeah but that's what I was able to do to earn money to provide for you know my activities through the the school year and I didn't have to have a, a job during school yeah so how about you Clay what's your your, your background um, again, yeah, I was born and raised here in Dallas and uh, never would have ever thought that I would be a farmer. <laughs> um, I always liked having a garden when I was growing up and yeah. planting and growing things like that. But the idea of, of actually owning a farm never once occurred to me. Uh, for 25 years, I, you know, I worked in the high-tech industry um, in sales and things like that. And Tracy kind of in the same boat um, – you know, until finally you get to a point in your life where you realize, you know, what what is it that makes me happy? Yeah. You know, what do yeah. I want to do with my life? And I think we came to that point and decided to to move out of Dallas and um, out to the Forney area and purchase twenty acres. So it was kind of a leap of faith mm-hmm. for us to do that. Yeah. Take me back. You kind of answered this a little bit already, but five and a half, six years ago, when that first inspiration hit, one of you must have come to the other one and said, "Hey, you want to go?" You know, how, how did that happen? What was the initial inspiration? Well, I, it, it actually had been a couple of years before then that we were thinking, okay, I think we want to live out out of the city and probably build on some land. Mm-hmm. And so I kept looking and looking and looking and the right the right land never presented itself. And then finally one time I was searching by farms. Instead of just land, I, I searched by farm. And this popped up. And I said, I really think we need to go take a look at this. Mm-hmm. And we pulled up and immediately it, it, it was it. Yeah, We just knew. Yeah. And it was just such an amazing journey to go through that process and and to know now where we were back then. We we never would have anticipated the change in our life that that farm was going to bring. Yeah, yeah, to our calming and uh, and there's a there's this you know a, a movement right now. Mm-hmm. That, you know, the Mount St. Michael Catholic School in Dallas, if you're familiar with them, they're mm-hmm. doing, you know, the, the, the kids are working the, the land and they're in St. Isidore out in uh, Greenville or, you know, that area. It's, yes. it's, it's, it's a, I think it's a reaction to an over technological world where we need to get back to something where we were. Is that, did you, are you riding this wave or did that have anything to do with it? What inspired you? Anything else? Well, it's, it's interesting that you say that. You know, we, I think everything we do is with intention yeah. and we aren't riding a wave. It's been a development. It's, it, we really believe that this is the Holy Spirit that's been guiding us. In fact, I've been fighting some of it for a while. Mm-hmm. Clay would say, Oh, you know, why, why don't we build a stage and little <laughs> bands can come out and people can come out and, you know, just enjoy. And I'm like, uh, n- no, no. Oh, I, I, I like I, that no, idea. No. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm private, you know. <laughs> and so, I would say really with with COVID and people, I'm seeing them being more isolated. And here we are blessed with land and it's open and yeah. we can see and we can breathe. And um, in fact, our kids came in, my daughter and son-in-law lived with us for a period of time. They were in the city and they wanted to get out because of everything that was going on with COVID and, and life-changing, mm-hmm. you know, that I think, for all of us to really be able to sit out and enjoy and not feel fear and 
So that really made us start thinking we've got to, we have got to make sure we get this open for people to come out and enjoy it as well. Yeah. Uh, you gave you were kind enough to give me a dozen eggs from the chickens out there, and I'm excited to eat these. Are is this a sustainability type of thing where you want to be able to live off the land? Is that part of the idea, Clay? I, yeah, I think it's. I don't know if it's really you know a hardcore self sustaining yeah. kind of philosophy to it. Um, I do feel that people, especially us, that. You do get something out of being able to provide for yourself. I mean, I'm, you know, there's certain things you don't want to have to grow because it makes more sense just to go yeah. to the store and buy them. Um, again, that's why, you know, we try growing corn and other things. Um, but there's something that comes out of working with your hands, you know, of, of making something and knowing if I had to, I could do this. Mm-hmm. You know, going back to the old days where our forefathers were, they were pretty self-sufficient. You know, they, they grew their own crops. They grazed their animals. They milked the cows. And I think that that's kind of some of the things that have been lost over the generations that are people now are kind of wanting to kind of go back to just having the knowledge to do that. It yeah. just, it provides, you know, when you're working with your hands and things like that, it's just so self-gratifying and, and actually in some ways connects you with the Lord as well. Mm-hmm. And you gave it a name, Grace Hill Farms. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's, how'd y'all come up with that name? Well, we've been trying to name the farm for many years. You know, we, we would come up with different things and myself, I'm, you know, I, I do pray a lot and anytime I'm just kind of needing help or to relax or to focus, I, I say Hail Marys mm-hmm. over and over and over again. I'm always, and so just not too long ago, Clay, Clay said, I think Grace, Grace keeps coming to me as a part of the name. And then there's a hill. Our our farm starts up at the top of the hill, and it kind of gradually slopes down. And so we kind of came up with Grace Hill Farms, mm. and it's just beautiful, you know, that the the Holy Spirit's working through us like that. My prayers to Mary, it it it's being answered, yeah, and we're being led, right, and. It sounds like it's kind of a trial by fire. You're learning as you go along. I mean, when you decide to get a different kind of animal or grow a different crop, do you do you go on YouTube or do you buy books <laughs> or how, how do you how do you kind of you, you got mentors or, well, or how do you do this? Yeah, I think it's it's one one thing about the internet th- this time now is that you know you can learn almost anything on there. Yeah, um, and you kind of have to take s- some of it as right and some of it's wrong, but ultimately it comes down to to actually trying it yourself and, and, and experiences. I mean, we recently we now have sheep that we're raising, and mm-hmm. um, the other day two of the two of the girls that have you know they've been getting along perfectly for the last year, and they're now um, getting ready to have lambs. Yeah, and so they're you know they're a little emotional to say yeah. the least and so two of them decided just to start butting heads and it's a scary <laughs> thing to watch you know they back up and they butt heads and so we were worried and we separated them all and tracy contacted um, one of the ladies that she's been working with that has sheep and she said no that's okay they've been around for thousands of years they'll get over it and uh, mm-hmm. so you know we learned that lesson we just kind of let nature do its thing sometimes right, right. We're, we're best to kind of stand back and and watch but it's uh, it's definitely been a learning process on many different things. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
Um, if you're just tuning in, we're talking about Grace Hill Farms, Texas. Their website, gracehillfarmstx.com. Tracy and Clay Bechtall here from St. Martin of Tours Parish in Forney. And they have 20 acres of land out uh, in the Forney area. And that's this is the farm. And that's what we're talking about. And you mentioned, Tracy, about, you know, having a, a prayer life. And is is there a certain spirituality of being on the land like this where it is maybe a little easier to... To, to get close to God, where there isn't so much hustle and bustle and freeways, and uh, how, how has that helped your spiritual life? Well, it 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 has in many ways, uh, it's almost too numerous to say. But one, just our parish community, it's a smaller community, and immediately we were embraced and just felt welcomed and uh, became very actively involved in volunteering with the parish and that's this is the first time that we've really Mm -hmm. even done that in our in our lives and we're both cradle catholics and some of our very best friends now are members of the of the parish yeah and father james you know we went on pilgrimage with him and so just learning more about our faith and having more faith and turning things over to god when we're when we're looking at different decisions and things that we're working on and and how are we going to how are we going to do this well you kind of do have to sit back and and really reflect on it and and intentionally pray about what what we should be doing mm-hmm. and and i think that's when when we came across the sheep so it's an interesting program that uh the sheep that we're breeding to they don't exist in the United States. It's oh, a breed-up really? program. Oh, wow. And so just learning about that. And the beautiful thing about sheep is that, you know, the sheep eat the grass. They grow the wool. You can use the wool for countless mm-hmm. different applications. And then when the wool is done, you can recycle it. It, yeah. it goes back to the dirt. The cycle, yeah. It really is a cycle. Yeah. And and the working of wool is such an old, old trade mm-hmm. that people don't know about it. Yeah, yeah. And so that's been a beautiful journey, learning how to work with wool. And just we're going to start having classes where people can come out and learn the different processes that you go through to get the wool to a workable yarn. Yeah, which will kind of lead me to mm-hmm. the, the fact that you have a website and what you would like people to learn from the website. One more question before we get to that, though. Yeah. Are you both, uh, are either of you working outside the farm? Are you retired? Is there like a nine to five that you're going to still, Clay? Or, or is this is this your your livelihood and this is the, your whole thing right now? Well, we've actually, um, Tracy and I started our own company um, two thousand and eight. Two thousand and eight. So quite a long time ago. So we've we've learned to work together well. Yeah. Okay. Unrelated to the farm. Is that unrelated right? to oh, the farm? Okay. Yes. Okay. That'd unrelated. be another interview. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. um, so right now we kind of it's a balancing act. Yeah. Um, so, you know, trying to keep both of going at the same time. So we kind of Tracy's done pretty much all the work on the website and the development and the design and um. So she's kind of taken the lead on that part of it. I I know that my part will come when it when it comes around to start kind of you know building and developing things because mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of our uh, we've learned our shared kind of duties that we do. 
she's the brains and I'm kind of the, 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 the brawn. Yeah, yeah, behind it. So let's uh, talk about the website, gracehillfarmstx.com. What will people find there? What, uh, why a website in the first place? Uh, what are you trying to communicate to people? Well, I think the website helps us to focus. You know, we have lots of ideas and, and it, it, it helps us to stay on track with what we need to do to help help others. You know, our, our house was um, originally at a different site, and it was at the site of one of the um, early demonstration farms, and that is where we're taking a lot of our cues from, is people would learn it, it's the site of the um, – Agriculture Extension Service. Mm-hmm. And there's information on that on our website that people can read about. And there's actually a photograph um, that has the house at the original site of that mm-hmm. demonstration farm. And that farm still operates today. It's big, big, big operation. Yeah. And so just getting back to teaching others whether they can use these different techniques at their homes to develop mini farms, you know, because everybody wants to learn how to grow and or to have chickens at your house. And my goodness, how do you have a chicken? You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, and just other other techniques that we have that that we want to help communicate to people and create a, a, commu- a community mm-hmm. where people can come together. They can learn. We can do different tasks of art or crafts and building that community and and building that community of faith as well. Is it a formal kind of thing like Tuesday at four we're having a class on this or is it just call us and swing by and we'll show you something or or how formal is this training and what you're talking about? Yes, it's going it's very formal. We'll have we'll have specific dates and training yeah. and classes. Um, we're hoping to get together a really neat uh one in the spring mm-hmm. that people can come out and learn just different techniques of uh, working with equipment and what do we do with little chicks and yeah. you know things like that. So it'd be it, for like the whole family, or it could uh, be the whole family. Everybody can learn. Yeah, okay. it, that's really what it is. It's for all all age ranges. Okay, yeah, and um, I think too with with some of the things we're looking at. Um, again, we want we want this to be a place that people can come. And experience the quietness, the peacefulness. So, yeah. which I think in our lives right now, everybody needs a little bit more of yes. to be able to kind of just take a moment and step back from from the city life, from everything that's going on. In our, in, as we know, these last couple of years have just been hectic, yeah, to say the least. Yeah. So, we want to be able to provide some place that people can go and just spend a little time, have a have some peace and quiet, and maybe hear. God's voice. Mm-hmm. And we can do that by, like Tracy said, some of the different classes. We're talking about working with wool. We're talking about, you know, old world candle making out of beeswax. Um, you know, all kinds of different things like that that give a purpose but also allow people to come together and to share and to, you know, just to kind of step back for a few yeah, minutes. Yeah. So if people are interested in what you're talking about, they should visit the website. I think you said spring will probably be when these start. And so just keep going back and finding out when the, the the classes and the training begins, right? Yes, and if they okay. they want to participate in, in any of the social media, they can find us there, and uh, we can post events, and we'll be posting events there. We have, we have one going right now. Uh, some good friends of ours are doing a um, reaching out to the homeless and mm. helping them. So I'm trying to help promote 
different charitable and missionary work that that yeah. just you know it's ground ground up it you know people are just taking it upon themselves it's not any particular organization um we have a retreat that we're uh working with a group called farming faith um a parishioner friend of ours veronica wilson she mm-hmm. has started this group and um so you know she's going to have a little retreat out there at the end of uh, of another mm. um book study that, yeah, that she's yeah. doing so sounds like yeah. you guys are just kind of the uh the tip of the iceberg as far as what you might be doing five years or ten years from now the idea you're in the idea phase and um we're out of time um we have been but i want to just ask you if there's anything else that we didn't mention that you would like to tell our listeners and i'll just remind them that tracy and clay bechtel um, are the owners of Grace Hill Farms, Texas. Their website, gracehillfarmstx.com. It's 50, it's 20 acres out near, um, uh, Forney and, they have uh, got some some big plans, and it sounds really interesting. I feel calmer just talking about it. So, <laughs> anything else that you'd like you all like to mention before we close things up? Well, just to kind of wrap it up, our, our one of our um, philosophies of, and and inspiration comes from one Thessalonians chapters four through eleven, and it's aspire to live quietly, mind your own affairs, and work with your hands. Oh, I like that. So that's kind of your motto, huh? That is. Yeah, yeah, very good. Doesn't get any better than that. So, again, uh, it's a small family-owned demonstration farm focused on sharing creative and sustainable techniques in farming, crafting, and living. I love love what you all are doing. I feel like I need to call my wife and say, hey, do you want to move out and start a farm? (laughs) Which I guess leads me to my last question. If somebody is listening and saying, this sounds really neat. Uh, can they contact you and get some advice? Or you, are you ready to be mentoring people or anything like that? Absolutely, we are. In fact, uh, we've talked about that, that we need to put a, together a little package that yeah. people can, because there's a lot to navigate through yeah. when you're starting a farm. And, uh, and I'm so, always looking for free help. <laughs> yes. Volunteers? You're or? welcome anytime, Dave. Interns? <laughs> okay. Uh, no, I, I, I think it'd be fun to bring the family out there just to, on a Sunday afternoon and go out there and just see it and, you know, chase around a, a chicken or, you know, pet a sheep or something. That'd be kind of fun. Our kids would love it. Yeah. Um, how, how's that for inviting myself over, huh? <laughs> Anytime. And anyways, uh, th- thanks so much uh, for, for coming in. It's really interesting and I invite everybody to visit that website, gracehillfarmstx.com. Tracy and Clay Bechtol uh, have been my guests. And of course, thanks so much to Father James Yamauchi. Uh, who suggested this interview, and I'm glad he did. And so thank you, Father James. And uh, y'all come back in uh, six months or a year, and we'll get an update and see how you're doing. Uh, Follow-up interview, okay? That sounds great. Thanks, Dave. Dave. All right. Thanks so much. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. If you have any ideas, this is how these interviews happen. I I very rarely, if ever, go out looking for interviews. They come to me, and they're they're always uh, just so uh, different and interesting. And so if there's something that you have heard of that touches on our Catholic faith in one way or the other, and it's local, then we'd like to talk about it on this program. Just email me, Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. Have a great rest of your weekend. God bless you. I was told my baby wasn't going to be healthy and I should terminate the pregnancy. I trusted my doctor. Now my days are full of guilt that I didn't give my baby a chance. We at Healing After Abortion understand this pain. If abortion has left you feeling alone and full of regret, come join us for a Rachel's Vineyard Healing Retreat. Call us confidentially at 214-544-CARE or visit us at racheldallas.org.
Are you tired of working from home? If so, you're invited to check out Work Suites, a new sponsor of KATH 910 AM owned by Flip Howard from St. Thomas Aquinas Parish in Dallas. Work Suites is designed for professionals who desire their own workspace to get their work done. Work Suites provides amenities such as a receptionist, mail and package handling, meeting rooms, and high-speed internet. To learn more about Work Suites, you can visit worksuites.com or call 888-312-WORK. That's work, S-U-I-T-E-S dot com. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the KTH 910 AM Interview of the Week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. My name is Dave Palmer, Executive Director here, host of this program. Diane Xavier is running the board, and uh, as you know, this show is eclectic. We talk about a lot of things, and one topic that pops up every now and then is music. And there is, as in all things Catholic, you know, there's a spectrum, and there's a lot of different styles and forms of music and everybody has opinions on them and uh, one of them is contemporary music and i recently was contacted by a gentleman named will hickle who uh, recently took a position at prince of peace parish in plano as their contemporary music director and uh he has an interesting story, and he also is owner of Novum Records. You can find out about them by just putting a .com after that, Novum, N-O-V-U-M, records.com. And it's a label, and he's a musician. He has his own band called Novum, and uh, so lots to talk about. So, Will, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. All right, so first of all, you uh, a, lot, a lot of things going on in your life the last uh, year or so. Uh, I'm curious, because uh, you and I have one thing in common. We, we married European women. Uh, <laughs> you actually went there and met her. I met my wife, English, I mean, Irish wife online. Uh, so you got married earlier this year before the pandemic struck, just yes. in time, right? Praise God, yes. Uh, and your wife is, uh, is English. Yes, she is from a, a northern suburb of London called Himmel Hempstead. Okay, and uh, I, I thought maybe you met her online, but actually you were over there doing a gig and yeah. a couple of years ago when you met her? Yeah, so um, me and my bandmate Eric, we had bought these plane tickets to go to England because uh, they were super cheap, and we were like, hey, maybe the Lord will provide uh, some gigs, and we had just released an album. And a couple months after we booked those tickets, he was, with, uh, he was playing a gig with Dumb Ox Ministries, a yeah. Theology of the Body ministry out of Louisiana, and uh, they were just catching up, and you know, Eric was like, yeah, we're going to England in October, and they're like, oh, cool, like what dates? And he was like, the 16th or whatever, and they're like, oh, well, have, do you know what you're doing yet? And he's like, no. And they're like, well, we need musicians for our, you know, our, our gig or our ministry events. Uh, do you guys want to do it? And he was like, absolutely. And so... Um, you know, come to find out that my wife, Rebecca was the one, um, running those events and she's the reason those events were happening. Oh, okay. She coordinated with dumb Ox. Um, and so, yeah, so we were there for, uh, three weeks, went to England, went to Ireland. Um, and you know, I spent a lot of time getting to know Rebecca and by the end of the trip, I, I just, I couldn't help myself and I had to, <laughs> I you asked, didn't propose to her, did you? No, <laughs> no, no, I just okay. asked if I could pursue her oh, and then okay. we kept in touch and then I flew back yeah. a month later. And yeah, yeah. sometimes with those long distance relationships, <laughs> you got to act quickly, you know, I mean, you know, cause there's the, that long distance, but no, that's great. And, and you too, I, I want to get to the music, which is the main topic here, but you two were also highlighted recently on a discerning marriage podcast. Yes. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah. There's just a, there's a, um, a ministry here. It's an, it's affiliated with the Theology of the Body Institute. So our friend Elizabeth Busby um, had us on her podcast, and we just told the longer version of our story. Um, and so, yeah, that's a that's a great. Uh, 
a great podcast to listen to. All right. You recently, a year and a half ago or so, moved to North Texas. Mm-hmm. You're from the Houston area, Sugarland. I am. Uh, tell us, if you, I guess it'll kind of incorporate into your upbringing, but uh, how did the music bug hit you? Do you come from a musical family? What, what, where did that come from? Yeah, um, so growing up, my uh, bedroom was right above my dad's office, and he worked late hours and was constantly jamming music. So I think it just... <laughs> Subconsciously playing, uh, uh, yeah. listening, listening, yeah, okay. listening while he's working, and so I think subconsciously it just seeped in. Um, when I'm at, you know, when I was at home and mom was doing things around the house, there was the radio on. Uh, when we'd go on road trips, uh, the the radio was on. So uh, music was just always around, um, and me and my siblings always had an affinity for it. And in middle school, I I did orchestra for those three years, played violin. And then in high school, did choir, did musical theater. Um, you know, my dad was a big concert goer, so there's a lot of concert posters and, and things around the house. So music was just always um, just a big part of our, of our lives. Yeah. Um, and uh, I really just kind of fell in love with it as a child and, um, you know, taught myself the piano in college and then started leading worship. I went to Texas A&M, so I started leading worship at St. Mary's and, you know, just the, the story continues and, uh, you know, started leading mm-hmm. for parishes and now I'm here at Prince of Peace. Um, and have a band and have a label and yeah yeah <laughs> did you growing up um were, were, did did christian contemporary music appeal to you um, i'm just thinking i mean you know as you know in this market there's there's several contemporary stations uh, yeah. like uh, uh 94.9 and all that and so the matt mars the stephen curtis chapman's the toby max i mm-hmm. mean was that a a, a genre of music that you were attracted to um I think I was more attracted to that as I matured in my faith. I yeah. think I, you know, my first like Christian album, I think was like Casting Crowns or something, yeah. uh, which I got, you know, my junior, senior year of high school. So I think as, you know, I went through youth group and started being exposed to Chris Tomlin and Matt Marr, um, that's when, that's when I started to consume that music. But before that, it, it had been pop and mm-hmm. other, yeah. other things. And so you start no, uh, the group Novum and then that, kind of uh goes into novum records so yeah. tell us about the group yeah first of all yeah what, what, tell us who, who's in it and what, what kind of music do you play yeah so um so novum started as uh just a worship band um with me and eric and our buddy matt lewis who's also in the houston area um and, and a few other guys um and and so we did a project back in 2014 and we were super excited about it and eric you know, he had, he has a lot of friends. He's super connected in the, in the Catholic music world. And so he was like, Hey, I have this friend Gabby who has these, these songs, but she doesn't really know what to do. Maybe we can help her. And I was like, yeah, we just learned a lot with going through the process of, you know, creating and, uh, administrating and doing, doing every, every aspect of the, the process, you know, from the administration, legal accounting, blah, blah, blah. And so, um, with Gabby, you know, she, she presented the song and I was like, Oh, that's really good. Let's, let's help her and, um, and get that single out. And so we did. And then she was like, well, I want to do a record. So we helped her with that. And then Eric was like, Oh, I have this friend Rita West in Louisiana and, and she's great too. And so then we, we did the same thing with her. And so at that point, you know, we were kind of like, yeah, let's just create, um, a company to, to serve these artists. Mm -hmm. And so that's basically that, that was the kind of the foundation. And then we've grown, um, we have about eight or nine artists now, um and our our mission really is to to help those who don't 
who have the gift but don't know where to go mm-hmm. with it and how to start because you know with creating music there's more than just playing a song or writing a song um if you want to get it out there there's you know all the all the channels you need to go go through to get it on Spotify and then of course you know if there's co-writes how do you you know we have all of our contracts ready to say, okay, this is, you know, how we're splitting the songs and then, um, you know, registering every song with what's called a performance rights organization. And then even tools like CCLI that help worship leaders, um, and, uh, you know, find music and, um, even tools like one license that help parishes put the music on worship aids and yeah. all these channels, um, for, for publishing and et cetera. Um, the average artist doesn't, either know about them or doesn't want to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And so our, our goal is to have a place where artists can, um, where we can, we can put the music through these channels to help generate revenue mm-hmm. so that people can live off of their art or at least make more of a, more money than normal. Um, but also more importantly, give them the space to just be an artist. Yeah. And with that, um, build a community um, because we have, you know, we, we throw, we, we have a retreat every year. Uh, where we all of our writers get together. We just had that over Labor Day. Um, and so I think that's the biggest and most valuable thing that we we bring is that um, there's just this community of Catholic creators who, yeah. who support each other and who want to see each other thrive and, um, yeah, pour into each other, et cetera. Yeah. Will Hickles, my guest, owner of Novum Records, also a contemporary music director at Prince of Peace Parish in Plano, and our good friend uh, Father Tom Clarity is the pastor over there. And uh, Will's website is novumrecords.com. And so how did it come about that you decided to leave Sugarland, come up north <laughs> to North Texas and take the position of Prince of Peace? Yeah. Um, so I had been leading uh, the Life Teen Choir, a contemporary choir down at San Angelo Marici in Missouri City for about four or five years. And um you know, one of my, one of my friends here, Dave Moore, he, he had always been kind of joking, like, oh, I'm going to get you up to Dallas. I'm going to get you up here. And I was like, okay, maybe. But he's, he's cousins with Josh Schwartz, who is, um, at Prince of Peace. Mm-hmm. And so, um, he, he basically convinced Josh, Josh to, uh, to, to hire me. And, um, Josh reached out, um, and had a really kind of generous package, um, and, and gave me an opportunity to do a lot more than just lead worship. I, for a while, I was working on the website and making videos and, and other things there. Um, so it was, it was honestly something that, um, I prayed a lot about and, um, you know, it was, it was too good of an opportunity. It was, it was a, you know, a great door that the Lord was opening that I just, mm-hmm. I couldn't resist. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, so they got me and I've loved it and it's been a great move. And, uh, Dallas is just such a great community. So, yeah, it's a good place to live. <laughs> so 2020 has been weird for everybody. Sure. And how has that changed or disrupted or altered your, your position over there at Prince of Peace? Yeah. So, you know, I, um, we, since, you know, there wasn't, there was only one mass and it was being streamed, uh, my contemporary mass, I haven't been able to do in a while, but thankfully, uh, Prince of Peace kept me on to help run sound. So I'm still going to mass every Sunday, thank God. Um, and, uh, and so ever since, you know, the pandemic hit, I've just been behind the soundboard, making sure that everyone at home can hear what's going on. And, um, you know, it's been, it's been a shift for all of us, but it's been good. So, mm-hmm. so how do you define contemporary music? Obviously, it's something that's more new. You can't really have a contemporary song that was, you know, produced 50 years ago, I guess. So sure. is it just that it's new or, or is there more to it than that? Yeah, this topic is fun and subjective at times, but, um, 
I, I would just say that it's um, it's just music that resonates with, um, I guess, I don't know. It, it's so funny because you know, I would say, oh, it's modern, but you're right. Back, you know, like in the John Michael Talbot days, that was contemporary and that uh-huh. was modern and that was new. And so... Um, yeah, I guess the definition depends on, on who you ask. Um, cause some people t- contemporary today, meaning it's being released today, um, you know, it, it might not resonate well with people and they might say, well, I prefer this type of contemporary, which, which I, as a young person might say, well, that sounds old and not contemporary. <laughs> so, um, it, it's a funny question. Um, because, you know, I think that's kind of something that's always being, debated or discussed yeah. but you know for us we chose the word novum um because it's latin for new the new evangelization and the church is ever ancient ever new and so we do try to i guess keep hints of the past or hints of tradition within our music as we write um you know, uh, some of our songwriters have just recently come out with some mass settings. Um, and the goal there was to not make it sound contemporary, but also not make it sound old. And, you know, it's just funny because it really, you know, someone who has a, a perspective that is quote unquote older might see some of that older sound in something new versus, you know, someone might see it as all new. I, I don't know. It's it's just a funny mm-hmm. thing to, to discuss. Yeah. And you may have the young people, some young people may shy away from something that's, you know, religious or Catholic. And then the older people may, you know, just shy away from something that's contemporary. And so you really have your, your task at hand of yeah. trying to find music that is appealing. Do you, do you have a target audience? Or are, you, are you mostly writing and producing for young people or, it, or everybody or what? Well, our records are, um, I wouldn't say we're going for a specific audience when it comes to writing. Um, when it comes to the artists coming out with their music, our focus is what do you want to make? Because I think people are more drawn to music that an artist is excited about versus trying to fit in a box. But when it comes to our worship music or our liturgical music, um, we do try try to keep in mind the congregation and those I guess parameters are more is it singable is it you know is it accessible um you know because you don't want to write something that's super jazzy with crazy chords that are an average you know church musician couldn't even play mm-hmm. or that someone reading the sheet music's like why are there so many accidentals or flats or sharps or whatever um and then from the congregation standpoint like is it something that's um Again, that's easy because you don't want a piece that's jumping seven octaves every three <laughs> notes. You know what I mean? So, so I, I would say that, um, while there is, you know, it is interesting to talk about, I guess, the culture about or about what is contemporary versus not. I think our goal is really just to make music that is beautiful, that is simple, um, and, you know, and that is this playable. And however, and I think, I think the reason people don't like contemporary is because maybe it's, you know, it can be obnoxious or loud or why is there an electric guitar? Why is there a drum set? And, you know, for us, you know, we, I guess I can speak for the younger people. We, we do love songs like come thou fount yeah. or, you know, um, be thou my vision. And you can play those in a way that's beautiful, um, and contemporary, but it's, it's still an older song. So mm-hmm. I think, I think contemporary is kind of, 
it can be a mindset. It could be an approach. Um, and, and so the difference there might be, well, I'm going to play Be Thou My Vision with a piano and a guitar versus an organ. You know what I mean? Something yeah, like that. Yeah. So you, you mentioned earlier about kind of the new evangelization. Uh, sometimes that's synonymous with Pope St. John Paul II. Right. Uh, he kind of, tried, kind of tried to carry that out. You mentioned in an email to me that you're trying to bring about a new renaissance in the church through music. Oh, what right. do you mean by that? We just, we really want to inspire people, um, especially artists, even if you're not a musician, if you're an artist listening, um, or if you know an artist, uh, just to, to just dive into what it is you're passionate about. I think, um, you know, we, we kind of suppress, um, our, um, how do I say this? I don't know. We just, we have a culture right now that's afraid to innovate, that's afraid to be vulnerable and, um, we just we really encourage with each one of our artists to just make music that they want make mm-hmm. yeah. and 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 again anyone listening it's like if you if you have if you're like oh, I would like to give a shot at watercoloring or something then I would say go for it you know yeah. um, that so the Renaissance isn't so much like you know let's repaint the Sistine Chapel but more like let's look inside our own hearts mm-hmm. and and create because we're designed to it's it's in our nature all of you know that's going back to theology of the body you know God is a creator and 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 we are to be like him and create uh, whether that's life whether that's art whether that's you know meaningful relationships etc you know so yeah, yeah um you mentioned uh, the dumb ox earlier. I actually teach Aquinas for um, high school kids, and awesome. so I'm, I'm very much aware that Aquinas was very much about coming to know God through the natural world. Music is so powerful, especially for young people, and it can stir the soul. And I'm curious uh, how you or maybe some of your artists that you represent are able to use music to, to, to really give people an opportunity to experience the divine. And also, um, in a related question, how perhaps Theology of the Body can be incorporated or has it been in some of your music? So oh. kind of a two-part uh, question. Sure. Well, so the second part, um, so uh, my band Novum, we actually just um, transitioned to alternative rock. And again, because it's music that we love, it's, it's what sets our hearts on fire. But it was, so it was all written, um, uh, most of it was written with a good friend of ours, Greg Boudreaux, who is, um, really well versed in theology of the body. And so that, that album has a lot of TOB kind of laced in it, whether, mm-hmm. you know, identity, desire, you know, our longing, um, for this transcendental, thing right that that we're longing for the infinite and so there's a lot of kind of musing on that in that music um but yeah um i'm so sorry what was the first oh, question no no just about <laughs> uh exposing people to god through the beauty of music yeah. uh, just like i can look out and see the beauty outside and uh, i can have a you know mystical experience and you know all these things are effects of god right yeah well obviously you know beauty goodness truth can come out in music and elevate one of to course. an experience with god right? yeah sure yeah no i mean you know i think i think that is so what you just said is exactly our goal. And I think, you know, the way that we just approach that, I I would go back to, to the beginning of like, we're just, we're trying to make, we're trying to get people to make art that they're excited about. Yeah. Because, you know, when people can see, um, something that, that I made that truly came from a, from the depths of my heart and soul, um, that's where you can see, you know, if you're looking hard enough, that's where you can see the Lord, yeah, right? Because yeah. He's speaking through us in our stories, in our, um, in the things that we're creating. Um, 
So, and you guys have a, a new song that came out, I believe, yesterday yeah. called "Even in the Silence." Uh, you and I had talked about playing a clip. Uh, I'm not sure if we're allowed to because oh. we don't we don't subscribe to any of the. The, the music thing. So we might just have to describe it and tell people how to go and watch it. <laughs> I don't want to get myself into trouble, but tell us about the song and uh, maybe some of the inspiration behind it. Oh, sure. Yeah. So this song is actually a direct um, response um, of prayer and reflection to the pandemic. So even in the silence, you know, the chorus uh, is even in the silence, you are with me. Um, even in the waiting, though I can't see, you are never hiding. Your heart is always guiding me. So just this, um, it was it was written by me and a couple of our other artists, Mark and Lily McKellar. Um, they are part of a band called Simple Offering, and they just got married recently too. Um, <laughs> uh, so we were we were just on Zoom for about an hour, just kind of talking about, you know, and praying about, you know, just what's happening in the world. And so this is kind of our prayer in, in, in this crazy time, you know, yeah, and we hope yeah. that it resonates well with people and that they know that God is good. And, you know, even the bridge proclaims, um, when I see your face, I can't help but praise you. I can't help but thank you. You're just that good. You know, almost like when, when God does show up and he will, you know, there's, there's just nothing but joy and, and, um, provision there. Yeah. And so, um, the video, uh, we have a lot, we recorded it live in the studio. Um, there's a video on YouTube. If you just type in even in the silence, Novum collective, um, you should see it there. All right. I'm going to check it out right after this interview. All right. So we are about out of time. Will Hickel has been my guest, owner of Novum Records. You can go to novumrecords.com, N-O-V-U-M records.com. And he also serves as the contemporary music director at Prince of Peace Parish in Plano. And I want to say it's P-O-P parish.com or uh, uh, popplano.org oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> part of it right yeah, uh, yeah sure uh, obviously there's a lot of we, we we covered a lot of ground here and the people listening maybe they're like gosh I want to talk to him because I'm a musician and maybe they just want to buy your CD what, tell us what what are the action items what can people do yeah there's a few um, so so first off um, our all of our projects are mostly funded um, through crowdfunding and so my band Nova is currently going through a crowdfund. So if you go to novummusic.co, uh, you can find out more about our album. It's called Chromatic. Um, and for that, uh, like I said earlier, it's it's going to be more of an alternative rock album, but with a lot of theology of the body uh, integrated in it. Um, and we want that to be accessible. That'll kind of sound more like Coldplay. Um, <laughs> uh, novumrecords.com, we have plenty of merch from all of our artists. We have CDs. In fact, um, we'll have a coupon code uh, for 20% off your order if you just type in coupon code K-A-T-H. All right. Um, boy, boy, we've made it. Now we've got yeah. our own code on your yeah. website. Yep, Look that's, at that. Yeah. And that's novamusic.co. Dot co. Co. Dot co. Dot co, yeah. Okay. And then, um, yeah, so on our rec- on the record store, uh, there's plenty of merch, 20% off. We, uh, I would like to promote, we are, um, we have Christmas, we have a Christmas album, we have CDs, and we have vinyls, and they sound amazing. So that's a Novum Collective album. Vinyls? Oh, wow, yeah. Wow, that's a throwback. Yeah, so they, Old school, they huh? sound really good. So Yeah, I'm kind of interested that your, your company is called Novum Records because people don't typically talk about records these days, do they? No. Yeah, but they that, don't. that's just kind of a 
uh, throwback or you know, yeah yeah but people a lot of my peers they records are coming back with the younger people oh really? so yeah well yeah it's like my daughter has a polaroid camera yeah you know those little polaroids i remember just that. something yeah. about that that uh, so they, they actually want the vinyl they want mm-hmm. to be able to spin the discs yeah. my first job in radio i was spinning the the discs i love you how old yeah. i am yeah so. all right uh well anything else uh, obviously novumrecords.com novummusic.co if people want to watch that interview with you and your wife uh is that what do you know where that is Does discerning marriage yeah, the, um, I don't know if they have a website yet, but um, can, it's it's through the Theology of the Body Institute, so okay. you might be able to find it there. Um, but definitely, um, if you have Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts or any podcast platform, you just type in Discerning Marriage, um, and I think we're episode seven or eight. So. All right, and I'm going to redeem myself on that uh, parish website, popplano.org, right? Right, yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. All right, well, hey, thanks so much. Uh, busy guy. Yeah. Uh, you, you're going to, um, uh, yeah, you got a lot, lot, uh, a lot of balls in the air right now, don't you? <laughs> you do. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming in. Good seeing you. Good to meet you. And uh, glad you're enjoying North Texas. Uh, a lot of good stuff going on here. Thanks also to Diane Xavier for running the board and producing this program. And uh, visit those websites, novamusic.co. You can get 20% off. Just use that uh, code K-A-T-H. Also, novamrecords.com. And if you want to learn more about Prince of Peace Parish, popplano.org. I think we got them all covered, didn't we? Yeah. And okay, thanks, Will. Good to, good to meet you. And- thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth. Catholic radio for your soul in North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.